Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. We have a better covenant upon better promises, and we have a better relationship with God. We were at such a desperate place that Andrew, it was like life. It was just life that was coming from the television. And every area in our life has been turned right side up. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to our Wednesday's broadcast of The Gospel Truth. Today, I'm continuing to teach on how you can stay full of God, full of His joy, peace, power, anointing, prosperity, healing, anything that you need. It's not God who shuts off the flow, it's us. And I've been teaching for now three, two and a half weeks about Romans 1.21. In the previous verses, God had said every person at one time had God reveal Himself to them so that they are without excuse. They understand even His eternal power and Godhead. But then in verse 21, He says, there's things you can do to diminish, to decrease the impact and the influence of what God has done. So this is spoken in a negative way. I'm turning it around and saying that if we do the opposite of this, then we keep what God has done in our life fresh and alive. We can control how full of God we are. That's an amazing statement. But that's absolutely true. So Romans 1.21, here's the first thing it says, they didn't glorify Him as God. And that means to put the proper value on Him, to honor and respect what God has done in your life. We start valuing the word of a doctor, a lawyer, a spouse, a friend, society, news, or whatever, more than we value God. If you do that, I use this seesaw effect, that if here's what God says, you're supposed to put great value on that, and everything else in relationship has to be disesteemed. But if you start esteeming, well, the doctor says this, the lawyer said this, the news reporter said this, it's like a seesaw. You can't have both ends up at the same time. If you are going to magnify and exalt what people say, then it diminishes the impact that God had. So one of the things we've got to do is to get to where we let God be true and every man a liar. That's what Romans 3, 4 says. We've got to get to where we esteem God's Word above anything else, and in relation, everything else is way down here. And one of the ways you do that is by thanksgiving. Psalms chapter 69, verse 30, we magnify the Lord with thanksgiving. And anyway, I've talked about those two things. What I started talking about this week is the third thing listed here in Romans 1, 21. It says, first of all, they didn't glorify God. They weren't thankful. The third thing is they became vain in their imaginations. The word vain here doesn't mean that the imagination quit working. No, your imagination works all of the time. It just started working against you instead of for you. And I used yesterday Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3, where it says that the Lord will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon him because he trusteth in him. The word mind there, the Hebrew word, it was literally, that exact same word was translated imagination a number of times in the Old Testament. So you could say this, the Lord will keep you in perfect peace when your imagination is stayed upon him. And that the definition of that Hebrew word, it literally means conception. So I made this statement yesterday that your imagination 
IS YOUR SPIRITUAL WOMB. IN THE SAME WAY THAT A WOMAN CANNOT HAVE A BABY WITHOUT CONCEIVING A CHILD IN HER WOMB. IT DOESN'T COME BY THE STORK OR ANY OTHER METHOD. IT COMES THROUGH CONCEPTION. IN THE SAME WAY, YOU HAVE TO CONCEIVE THINGS IN YOUR IMAGINATION. YOU KNOW, THIS IS SOMETHING THAT WE DON'T USE THE WORD IMAGINATION MUCH, AND SO BECAUSE OF IT, A LOT OF PEOPLE JUST PUSH THIS OFF AS, WELL, YOU'RE JUST TALKING ABOUT POSITIVE THINKING. YOU'RE TALKING ABOUT MIND OVER MATTER. YOU'RE TALKING ABOUT FANTASY. I'M JUST DEALING IN REALITY. NO, YOUR IMAGINATION IS YOUR CONCEPTION. YOU CAN'T DO ANYTHING ON THE OUTSIDE THAT YOU HAVEN'T SEEN ON THE INSIDE. YOU KNOW, I BUILT A DECK ONE TIME ON OUR HOUSE. AND WHEN WE FIRST MOVED IN, I MEAN, YOU STEPPED OUT OF THE HOUSE AND IMMEDIATELY THERE WAS JUST DIRT, GRAVEL, RIGHT THERE. THERE WAS NOTHING. WE DIDN'T HAVE a, a PORCH. WE DIDN'T HAVE A LITTLE PIECE OF CONCRETE POURED FOR A LANDING OR ANYTHING. AND ANYWAY, I DECIDED TO BUILD A DECK. AND I, I TURNED A FIVE-GALLON BUCKET UPSIDE DOWN AND I SAT THERE ON THAT GALLON BUCKET, I MEAN, HOURS AT A TIME. LOOKING OUT THERE. AND MY WIFE WOULD WONDER, WHAT ARE YOU DOING? I HAD TO SEE IT. BEFORE I COULD BUILD IT, I HAD TO SEE IT. THIS IS WHY A CONSTRUCTION WORKER, THEY HAVE TO LOOK AT A SET OF PLANS. YOU KNOW, A PERSON COULD SAY, WELL, I'D LIKE A HOUSE AND I'D LIKE IT TO... AND YOU COULD USE WORDS TO SOME DEGREE, BUT THEY AREN'T GOING TO BUILD A HOUSE JUST BASED ON A FEW VAGUE WORDS. THEY ARE GOING TO MAKE A SET OF PLANS. THEY ARE GOING TO LOOK AT IT. THEY ARE GOING TO PUT ALL OF THE DIMENSIONS IN THERE, WHERE THE ELECTRICAL OUTLETS ARE, WHERE THE WINDOWS ARE. THEY'RE GOING TO PLAN EVERYTHING, AND THEY'RE GOING TO DO THIS ON A PIECE OF PAPER. And, AND UNTIL YOU CAN SEE IT, UNTIL YOU HAVE THOSE BLUEPRINTS, YOU CAN'T BUILD IT. YOU KNOW, the, WE'VE GOT A SAYING THAT A PICTURE IS WORTH A THOUSAND WORDS. AND WHEN YOU PUT SOMETHING TOGETHER, WHEN YOU BUY SOMETHING AND IT HAS TO BE ASSEMBLED, YOU KNOW, SOMETIMES YOU CAN JUST KIND OF FIGURE IT OUT. BUT MOST OF THE TIMES YOU HAVE TO READ THE INSTRUCTIONS AND SOMETIMES WORDS ARE A LITTLE CONFUSING. YOU AREN'T SURE EXACTLY WHAT THEY MEAN, BUT WHAT THEY'LL DO, THEY'LL PUT DIAGRAMS WITH IT. THEY'LL SAY FIGURE ONE. AND YOU GO OVER THERE AND THEY SHOW YOU EXACTLY WHERE THIS SCREW, THIS NUT, THIS BOLT GOES. AND YOU PUT THE WORDS AND THE PICTURES TOGETHER AND ALL OF A SUDDEN YOU CAN SEE IT. IF YOU CAN SEE IT, THEN YOU CAN BUILD IT. BUT IF YOU CAN'T SEE IT, THEN YOU CAN'T BUILD IT. YOU, WHETHER YOU REALIZE IT OR NOT, YOU USE YOUR IMAGINATION CONSTANTLY. YOU KNOW, LET ME USE YOU A, uh, GIVE YOU A SCRIPTURAL EXAMPLE OF THIS. OVER IN THE 11TH CHAPTER OF THE BOOK OF GENESIS, THE LORD CAME DOWN AS THE MEN WERE BUILDING THE TOWER OF BABEL. AND IT SAYS IN VERSE 5, AND THE LORD CAME DOWN TO SEE THE CITY AND THE TOWER WHICH THE CHILDREN OF MAN BUILDED. AND THE LORD SAID, BEHOLD, THE PEOPLE IS ONE, AND THEY HAVE ALL ONE LANGUAGE, AND THIS THEY BEGIN TO DO, AND NOW NOTHING WILL BE RESTRAINED FROM THEM WHICH THEY HAVE IMAGINED TO DO. RIGHT HERE HE SAYS THAT ANYTHING YOU CAN IMAGINE CAN BE DONE. AND, YOU KNOW, I REALLY BELIEVE THAT. MOST PEOPLE HAVEN'T THOUGHT THIS THROUGH, BUT I REALLY BELIEVE THAT IF YOU CAN IMAGINE IT, IT CAN BE DONE. AND I KNOW THAT THERE'S A LOT OF PEOPLE SAY THAT'S NOT SO. WELL, IT MAY NOT HAPPEN IN YOUR LIFETIME, AND IT CERTAINLY ISN'T GOING TO HAPPEN IF YOU DON'T HAVE ANY FAITH AND IF YOU DON'T LET THIS CREATIVE PART OF YOU WORK. BUT THE LORD SAID THAT NOW NOTHING THEY'VE IMAGINED WILL BE RESTRAINED FROM THEM. YOU KNOW, I REMEMBER IN THE 60s WHEN THE ORIGINAL STAR TREK MOVIES 
and a television show came out, and they had these things called replicators, and they'd just push a button, and it would make whatever they wanted. And did you know that sounded so futuristic? Now, they have, because somebody imagined that, did you know that that is coming to pass? I have actually seen, my, my son actually has one of these uh, printers where you can print things, and he can print all kinds of things out of just nothing. You can enter a computer program in, and it prints stuff. And I've actually seen on the Internet that they print uh, wrenches and monkey wrenches that work and that they can turn and build things with it. I've actually seen on one of these things on the Internet that they now are taking human tissue and using that as the building materials, and they are printing certain body parts that they can put in you, and you don't go through the same rejection that you have when you have a transplant from somebody else. Did you know these things would have been impossible, but somebody imagined it, and it's coming to pass. If you can imagine it, you can do it because your imagination is your spiritual womb. It's where you conceive things. As long as you say, well, that can't be done, and you can't imagine it, well, then don't worry about it. It will never happen for you. But if you can imagine it, if you can see, your imagination is just your ability to see something on the inside that you can't see on the outside. That's all it is. You know, many of you have heard me give this testimony before, but it is just so appropriate, and it's one of the best examples I've ever heard. But I was listening by, to a teaching on healing, and a man gave a testimony about a woman who was a pastor's wife, and she had very poor eyesight. She wore these glasses that were really thick glasses, and even with the glasses, she was legally blind. And so she had been prayed for many times, and she just was disappointed. She didn't want to be disappointed again. So they had a healing evangelist come to her church, and she, I actually did, I tried to avoid him because she didn't want him to pray for her. She just didn't believe anything was going to happen. And so anyway, she avoided him, but the last night he finally cornered her, and he says, I want to pray for you. He made her take her glasses off. He put his hands on her, prayed over her, and then he says, Now can you see? So this woman started to open her eyes, and he said, shut your eyes. So she shut her eyes real quickly, wondering, well, how can I tell if I can see if I don't open my eyes? So then the second time, he says, now can you see? So she started to open her eyes, and he said, shut your eyes. And she was confused, sitting there with her eyes closed, thinking, well, what do I do? And the third time, he says, now can you see? So she started to open her eyes, and he says, shut your eyes. I didn't tell you to open your eyes. You've got to see yourself seeing on the inside before you can see on the outside. Now, he didn't use his terminology, but what he was saying is you've got to see it in your imagination. Your imagination is where you conceive healing. And if you can't conceive it, then you can't birth it. So finally, this woman understood what he was saying, so she kept her eyes closed and just prayed in tongues for a while. And after, you know, a certain period of time, she says, I can see it. I can see myself seeing. He says, now, open your eyes. And she opened her eyes, and her eyesight was restored. Now, see, there's a lot of people that know God can heal. They pray for God to heal. But have you ever seen yourself healed? Have you ever used your imagination? Have you conceived healing? 
You know, it would be great if everybody understood what I'm talking about. And when they come up in a prayer line, instead of just praying and saying, pain be gone, and then instantly, if they don't feel any pain, they say, I'm healed. If they do feel pain, they say, well, I wasn't healed. Instead of just going by what you feel or see, it would be wonderful if everybody understood, I've got to conceive this healing. And so they would start by just meditating on this and letting God paint a picture on the inside of them. You know, I'm getting kind of ahead of myself. I'll, I'll deal with this more later in the week. But hope is nothing but a positive imagination. I'm going to explain that uh, from Scripture. But let me just say it right now. And it says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Hope is a positive imagination. If you can't see it in your heart, faith can't give substance to it. Faith gives substance to what you have already hoped for. Many people are trying to skip the hope stage, and they're trying to go straight from unbelief into faith. But faith gives substance to things that are hoped for. You need to conceive a miracle in your heart. If the doctor has told you you're going to die, if you haven't been glorifying God and magnifying Him and being thankful and all of these things, well, then your imagination is going to start seeing yourself sick. You're going to start dreading and fearing and worrying about what the outcome of this will be. You have to turn that around by, first of all, starting to magnify God. Go to the Word of God. Put value on God and say, God, you're bigger than cancer. You're bigger than heart disease. You're bigger than Alzheimer's. You're bigger than a brain tumor. You're bigger than anything. And you have to start glorifying and magnifying God. And then be thankful. Go back and remember all of the great things that He's done. And if for some reason God hadn't done anything in your life, go to the Word of God and see what He's done for other people. And then it says in Romans chapter 2, verse 11, that God is no respecter of persons. If He did this for Paul, if He did it for Abraham, if He did it for Isaac and Jacob, He'll do it for you. You go back and start magnifying Him with thanksgiving. And if you do that, your imagination will just automatically conceive and start seeing positive things instead of negative things. Did you know that the same part of you that worries is the same part of you. That's your imagination. Your worry is nothing but you projecting and seeing problems for the future. You can't see them with your physical eyes, but in your imagination, you are seeing all of the potential problems. You are meditating upon this. And the same part of you that worries is the same part of you that can imagine positive things. But it's a sequence again, and I believe that these things are related. If you don't glorify God, and if you don't exalt God's Word higher than the Word of the doctor, higher than the Word of the lawyer, higher than what your employer says, or your mate says, or what anybody else says, if you don't magnify God, then your imagination just automatically begins to start working against you. You know, let me turn... I was just studying this last night over in 1 Samuel chapter 17. And this is where David fought Goliath. And I won't go through the whole thing, but let me just summarize some things here, because David did exactly 
what I've been teaching about from Romans 1.21. Remember the first thing is, you have to magnify God greater than your problem, greater than what anybody else says. David came and here was Goliath challenging the Israelites and saying, you're a bunch of dogs. You know, come out here and let me fight. I'm just a man. Choose some other man to come out here. And if he beats me, then all the Philistines will be the servants, the slaves of the Israelites. But if I beat him, then all the Israelites will be the slaves to the uh, Philistines. And all of the people were running in fear. But when David came, you know what the difference was? David glorified God. He magnified God. To him, God was bigger than Goliath. God was bigger than this giant. That's exactly what Romans chapter 1, verse 21 says. And then when uh, he was called before Saul, Saul said, you aren't able to go out and fight with Goliath. He's a man of war from his youth, and you are but a youth. And if you put this together with chapter 16, it says that David was beautiful of countenance and ruddy. And uh, ruddy here means red. They don't know if that was referring to his complexion or if it was referring to his hair. But he was a mama's boy. He was not a great big man. He wasn't a warrior. And so here's Saul saying, you can't go out and fight against this huge giant. Most people believe that Goliath was about nine foot nine. Some have even said up to as much as 12 foot tall. He was giant. And here's David, probably five feet or less, half the, half the height. And so everybody else was criticizing him. You know what he did when Saul says, why would you think you could fight? David went back and remembered what God had done. He says that I kept my father's sheep and a lion and a bear came out and took one of the lambs out of the flock. And he said, I grabbed this lion by his beard and I slew him with my bare hands. I slew both the lion and the bear and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them unto me, seeing he hath defied the armies of the living God. So see, here's David again saying that he valued God. God was on his side. You know, it really wasn't a fair fight because David had been anointed to be king. He had the power and the anointing of God on him. Goliath didn't stand a chance. But see, people only look on the outward appearance. They glorify, they magnify what they see with their eyes more than what they see with their heart. And so all of the people who were just looking on the physical things, they were magnifying Goliath, not God. David was magnifying God. And he remembered how God had delivered him from the lion and from the bear. So here's these first two things that Romans 1.21 is talking about. He glorified God. He magnified God with thanksgiving. He remembered his past victories. And then he went out and he told Goliath, when Goliath saw him, he says, Am I a dog that they sent out this youth to me? He says, come here and I'm going to give your carcass to the fowls of the air. And David ran towards him and he says, you come to me with a spear and with a sword, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. And he says, I am going to defeat you today and cut off your head and give all of the carcass of the Philistines to the fowls of the air. Did you know David didn't even have a sword? And yet he says, I'm going to cut off your head. And did you know, as you continue to read in 1 Samuel chapter 17, that's exactly what he did. He used a sling and a stone. He hit Goliath in the forehead. Goliath fell down. But David went and drew Goliath's own sword out of his sheath 
AND HE CUT OFF HIS HEAD AND HELD HIS HEAD UP. DID YOU KNOW HE SAW IT? HE SPOKE IT. AGAIN, YOU CAN'T SEE ANYTHING HAPPEN ON THE OUTSIDE THAT YOU HAVEN'T ALREADY SEEN HAPPEN ON THE INSIDE. DAVID SAW HIM KILLING GOLIATH AND HOLDING HIS HEAD UP, AND BECAUSE HE SAW IT ON THE INSIDE, HE SAW IT ON THE OUTSIDE. THERE ARE SOME OF YOU TODAY THAT ARE WATCHING THIS PROGRAM, AND YOU'RE PRAYING FOR HEALING, BUT YOU CAN'T SEE YOURSELF HEALED. YOU CAN'T SEE YOURSELF PROSPEROUS. YOU CAN'T SEE YOUR MARRIAGE PUT BACK TOGETHER. YOU CAN'T SEE YOU EVER LIVING ANY DIFFERENT THAN YOU DO TODAY, AND YET YOU'RE PRAYING FOR PROSPERITY, AND YOU'RE PRAYING THAT YOU'LL WIN THE LOTTERY. YOU PRAY THAT you, GOD WILL DO SOMETHING SUPERNATURAL, BUT YOU HAVEN'T SEEN IT. YOU HAVEN'T USED YOUR IMAGINATION. AND AGAIN, YOU CAN'T STOP. YOU CAN'T JUST uh, BYPASS THESE FIRST TWO STEPS AND NOT GLORIFY GOD, NOT BE THANKFUL AND REMEMBER ALL OF THE GOOD THINGS THAT GOD HAS DONE IN YOUR LIFE. YOU CAN'T BYPASS THAT AND JUST GO STRAIGHT TO IMAGINATION. YOUR IMAGINATION WILL BE DIRECTED AND CONTROLLED BY WHAT YOU FOCUS YOUR ATTENTION UPON. YOU HAVE TO FOCUS YOUR ATTENTION UPON GOD. YOU HAVE TO GLORIFY HIM. START PUTTING EXTREME WORTH AND VALUE ON GOD'S WORD AND WHAT GOD SAID MORE THAN WHAT OTHER PEOPLE SAY. AGAIN, ROMANS 3, 4, LET GOD BE TRUE AND EVERY MAN A LIAR. YOU TAKE CAPTIVE ALL OF THOSE THOUGHTS. WHEN SOMEBODY COMES AGAINST YOU, LIKE IN 1 SAMUEL CHAPTER 17, WHEN DAVID STARTED SAYING THESE THINGS, HIS OLDER BROTHER, ELIAB, SAID THAT, YOU KNOW, you're, wi YOU'RE WICKED. YOUR HEART IS WICKED. WHO DID YOU LEAVE THOSE FEW SHEEP WITH? AND HE STARTED TRYING TO IMPUNE uh, DAVID'S CHARACTER, SAYING HE WAS SHIRKING HIS RESPONSIBILITY. WHEN THE TRUTH WAS, DAVID'S FATHER, JESSE, HAD TOLD HIM TO COME AND GAVE HIM SOME GIFTS TO GIVE TO THE CAPTAIN OF THE HOST AND STUFF. AND HE WAS NOT SHIRKING HIS ABILITY. BUT HIS OWN FAMILY MEMBERS BEGIN TO PUT HIM DOWN. JESUS SAID THE SAME THING, THAT A PROPHET HAS HONOR EVERYWHERE EXCEPT IN HIS OWN HOUSE AND AMONG HIS OWN KIN AND HIS OWN FAMILY. DAVID'S OLDER BROTHER WAS RIDICULING HIM, AND IF DAVID WOULD HAVE JUST STAYED THERE AND ARGUED WITH HIS BROTHER INSTEAD OF CONTINUING TO SAY HIS FAITH, WELL, THEN THESE WORDS WOULD HAVE NEVER COME TO SAUL. HE NEVER WOULD HAVE BEEN PERMITTED TO FIGHT GOLIATH, AND THIS WOULDN'T HAVE HAPPENED. YOU GOT TO STAY OUT OF THE GRANDSTANDS AND NOT GO UP THERE AND ARGUE WITH PEOPLE WHO ARE TELLING YOU THAT YOU CAN'T DO IT. AND YOU GOT TO STAY ON THE TRACK AND DO WHAT GOD CALLED YOU TO DO. AND THERE'S SOME OF YOU WATCHING THIS PROGRAM RIGHT NOW THAT YOU'VE GOT A WORD FROM GOD, BUT OTHER PEOPLE HAVE BEEN CRITICIZING YOU, AND HERE YOU ARE WITH, YOU'VE GOT A WORD FROM GOD, BUT OTHER PEOPLE ARE CRITICIZED. ARE YOU GOING TO GLORIFY THEM? ARE YOU GOING TO ESTEEM WHAT THEY SAY? IF YOU DO, WELL, THEN YOU DIMINISH WHAT GOD HAS SAID. YOU WON'T BE THANKFUL. INSTEAD, YOU'LL BE FULL OF DREAD LOOKING AT THE FUTURE, AND YOUR IMAGINATION WILL JUST AUTOMATICALLY START WORKING AGAINST YOU TO BRING FORTH BAD THINGS. YOU NEED TO CONCEIVE YOUR MIRACLE IN THE WAY YOU THINK. YOU NEED TO GLORIFY GOD. YOU NEED TO BE THANKFUL AND START USING YOUR IMAGINATION TO SEE VICTORY INSTEAD OF DEFEAT. CLOSE YOUR EYES. DON'T LOOK WITH YOUR PHYSICAL EYES. LOOK WITH YOUR HEART. GET TO WHERE WHAT YOU SEE WITH YOUR HEART IS MORE REAL TO YOU THAN WHAT YOU SEE WITH YOUR EYES. THAT'S WHAT THE BIBLE CALLS WALKING BY FAITH AND NOT BY SIGHT. 2 CORINTHIANS CHAPTER 5, VERSE 7. GOD HAS A PERFECT PLAN FOR EVERY PERSON. 
God's plans are always better than your plans. If you're in the kingdom of God, then be in the kingdom of God. God has declared you to be righteous. This is training for reigning. I will come out victorious. Listen, guys, the cross of Christ is the power of God that's going to change people's lives. It's the message of the gospel. We need to tell people the good news. We need to tell people about what Jesus has done. I tell you, this is not what you're going to hear very often. Glory to God! Hallelujah! If you do it the way the Word of God says, it produces freedom, period. You never know what's going to happen when you come to Summer Family Bible Conference. Uh, man, this is awesome. You can't miss it. Money back guarantee. This is our latest construction update on our parking garage. This is the second level. And as I drove in this morning, all of our remote lots back there were empty. We aren't running the buses and the shuttles. This is just so awesome. So praise God, we are finally in here. This is a five-story parking garage. We're on level two and we have three entrances. We have an entrance on the east side downstairs first level and you can drive straight in there then around on the north side we have an entrance on the second level and then up on the third level you can drive in from the west side over there and uh, already the students are loving it we are only able to occupy at this time half of this structure and the reason for that is they don't have this pipe hooked up and in case there was a fire they don't have fire suppression. And because of this, the uh, fire department won't let us use the north half of this building. Let me just say that uh, our payments on this are gonna be $250,000 a month. So I encourage you to pray about it and become a part of this. We are changing people's lives all around the world. And right now, Karis Bible College is one of the driving forces. It's one of the main things that God is using to, to go deep into people's hearts. And we would love for you to be a part of it. So we'll give you another update. Uh, hopefully we'll have some work on the outside and maybe the rest of this uh, facility occupied by the next update. But we are in here and they're never getting us out. Praise God. Thank you for being a part of this. I'd like to remind you once again to please get these materials. I've got this book and I've got a study guide, which is the same material. It's just reformatted so that you can disciple other people. And then we have CDs and DVDs. And this teaching on staying full of God is powerful. We offer this and have a suggested donation, but if you don't have the money, go ahead and request it. Send what you can and my partners will enable me to go ahead and make this material available to you. Andrew's complete series titled Discover the Keys to Staying Full of God is available in either a CD album or in a DVD album made from our daily television broadcast. This teaching is also available in book form, or you can get it in a companion study guide which will deepen your personal understanding and is perfect for Bible studies, home groups, and Sunday schools. Each of these valuable resources is available for a gift of any amount. 
or if you prefer, these products are available as part of the Discover the Keys package. This package includes the book, the companion study guide, and your choice of either the CD or DVD album. This package has a catalog value of $80, but you can receive all of these valuable resources today for a gift of $55. Go to awmi.net to see all the ways you can get this teaching. While there, you can discover more product details and download additional free resources. Or call our helpline Monday through Friday from 4.30 a.m. to 9.30 p.m. Mountain Time at 719-635-1111. We appreciate your generosity and hope to hear from you today.